We're gonna hit you with the bars real quick. Hey, quarantine life, but my flow still sick. If I had a mate, I have a make your lemonade, and I don't need to get laid, so don't be afraid. Girl, I get paid, but I'm in pain. Kinda like Wayne, first name Bruce. Where the hell's I made with a goddamn juice? Every day's the same, deja vu. Bring in the wine, yeah, bring in the zan. Pump up my songs, yeah, let's do a dance. You the kind of girl that made me cancel my plans. You the only girl I let a pay for only fans. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's another episode of Suicide Logs. It's um, 285. 285, I did my research. And, yeah. the the, the, the This interview is going to be with uh, Matthias Vasquez. Matthias. That's how you pronounce his name. And I have a feeling people get his name wrong a lot. Because when I, I think I pronounce this Matthias, and he was like, Matthias, Matthias, just as easy as it gets, Matthias. And so, I think the first thing I'm going to ask him about is that. Dude, I wanted to make a solo podcast. But, I put the poll up, and people voted for a guest. There were people who voted for solo and I respect that, but more people wanted guests, so that's all right. That's all right. And Matthias hit me up, man. Matthias was one of the people, the options, like, if you want to be a guest, be a guest. Hit me up. We're supposed to have another podcast, actually, with Christian. The the, the bet is over, by the way. I don't think Dylan Dennis is boxing Logan Paul. We're supposed to do an episode about that, but... No big deal. I, because if you haven't seen the episode, it's a, a very late guess. I don't know, maybe like 10 episodes ago or something like that. And I just had, something just told me that he was going to pull the same shit. So the day of the podcast, we had it scheduled for like two or one day in advance. And then, um. The day came and I didn't. I didn't hit him up. I waited for him to hit me up. And I, I think we we're supposed to do it at around six or seven o'clock. You know, five thirty rolls around. I get. I get no response. Uh, not even a response. I get nothing. About like, hey man, we still on for you know. So I, in my head, I first of all, I wasn't in the mood to do it. But I didn't know how. I, cowardly on my end. Cowardly on my end. I didn't. I didn't want to tell him. Hey, I'm not feeling it. But, um, I knew he was, I knew he wasn't gonna, you know, I was pretty confidently, I I knew he wasn't gonna fucking call, or hit me up, or anything, so, I didn't do it, and luckily, he didn't, so I don't have to feel guilty about that, because if he were to hit me up, because I fucking, this is, you know, it's work, just working, you know, if I if he didn't hit me, I would have hit him up. Or if he would have hit me up, I would have been like, "Yeah, bet, let's do it," because I'm fucking game. And some of these people aren't fucking game. That's it. So we're gonna call Matthias, and we're gonna be fucking game, dude. Fuck. Matthias. 
Marconi. What's up? I'm much, man. How are you? How's I'm, life? I'm good, man. I'm 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 good. I can't complain. I can, but you know, it's not gonna do nothing. So I'm just hanging out. Let's see how long it takes until I start complaining. We're about <laughs> about three minutes and forty seconds into the podcast, and I was. All I really mentioned about you is that your name is Matthias, and I think I said Matthias at first, and I felt like, oh, man, I wonder if other people mess it up, because you're like, as simple as it gets, you know, kind of like, I feel like psychologically making making me feel like, oh, you better not fuck up my name, because I already said it's easy, so if you mess it up again, you're dumb, at least that's how I digested (laughs) that tone. And so... No, I'm I'm pretty forgiving overall, um... It's been butchered my whole life, so the way I look at it is as long as it starts with an M and ends with an S, I'm just going to be like, hey, man, you tried. We'll do better next time and just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm never very too stern about it. Um, but that has also bitten me in the ass a lot with, you know, some funky introductions and some completely wrong different time types of, like, ethnic names that got put on flyers under my picture. I'm like, I don't even know who the fuck that is. <laughs> What's the worst butcher you've had on your name? Um I mean, just in everyday life, it's it it always gets spliced like Matthias, Matthias, Matthias. Matthias. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like those are all different. I've heard variations of my names to those extents, and I've been told that my name's a lot more common in like Europe, I think. Mm. Um, but I mean, on as far as on a poster, not throwing anyone under the bus because I wasn't upset. I actually thought it was funny, um, and it, it ended up being fixed, no problem. And everything's great. There's no, there's. Uh, it was just something funny that I pointed out. Uh, but I was on a poster recently, and instead of putting Matthias, they put. Marquez, which I'm like, holy <laughs> I can, shit! <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> Somebody's just and it's like you kind of That's put crazy. the first name and the last name together, so I get it. But I'm like. That's pretty. That's pretty out there. Like I don't know a lot of Marquezes, but you know. Are what are you? Because you strike me as Mexican, but then you start getting into your name. Like what are you? <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm a little layered. Um, I'm mostly Mexican. I'm like 50% Mexican and then about 25% native and 25% white. Um, but what's interesting about that is I'm very uh, in touch with the remainder of uh, my Latino family that is still around. You know, a lot of the elders have passed away and with that culture also kind of starts to dilute over time. Uh, But I'm still very connected with who's still around. But growing up, I did grow up in a more traditionally Native household. And that's kind of the, uh, when it came to spirituality and um, the traditions we were keeping up, it was more from that side. So you feel like you kind of identify as Mexican or you like, you you feel more in touch with that part of you? A little bit, yeah. I mean, just a more native. I mean, percentage-wise, it's less, but in terms of what's kind of I've been surrounded by and engulfed in my whole life, it's been more native stuff than than uh, Mexican. Oh wow! Oh. You go to like casinos and stuff. Uh, I mean, I don't indulge in it. I don't. I don't like to gamble or party or anything. But there are 
you know, festivities that will take you there sometimes, like, like our, on our the reservation that I'm a part of, we have a casino and we also tribal meet things that take place, you know, on the this, same land. So this might be, you a know, d- to an extent, yes. This might be a dumb question. Um, is Las Vegas like an Indian reservation? Um, I well, I mean, gambling in Nevada is legal, so I think for that reason, that's why you can go to a gas station and they have a bunch of slot machines and stuff like that i i mean there there is native land out there and i'm sure tribes have capitalized on that and putting up their own casinos with you know less hoops to have to jump through than um you know a state that doesn't have no legal gambling uh i don't know too much i don't really but i would imagine i don't think a lot of them are um but i'm sure there are some to an extent oh got it look man um, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna just be honest, like, uh, and hopefully you can help me out here and set me up for this. So, I feel like lately, I've uh, lately I've had comics on, and I've kind of turned it into an interview, and just like ask basic questions, like, oh, how long you've been doing comedy, and we talk about totally. the scene and stuff like that. But we could get to that if you want. I'm not saying I don't want to do it, but I just feel like maybe I could learn more about because I feel like. Well, I met you once, from what I remember. No, I'm no disrespect. If I, I do don't. think we've crossed paths once. I the only time I remember you was at uh, Alameda, like a month ago, three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. go out there super often, but I, that's around the time that I got my film back. I saw you putting clips up, and I was the first person up, and I yep. had it another spot, so I had to hit the road quick. I couldn't stay, yeah, but yeah. I do. Your name did ring a bell. Yeah, I remember you. You, I do. All I remember from your set, and it it seemed like you kind of took the open mic approach of like trying new things. At least it seemed like. Uh, I remember you just mentioned something about skateboarding. That's the only thing that really like stuck with me. Uh, yeah, that's a bit. I mean, it's one of the the bits that has stuck for sure. Um, that's one of the more ironed out ones. I am constantly kind of trying to roll things out. Um, but that is the one that's kind of stuck for the time for at least like the last oh, six to eight months, maybe. Nice. And how, <laughs> how long, cause I am curious, how long have you been doing comedy stand up? Uh, I think I've, I want to say I just passed my two year mark within like the last week or so. Oh, there you go. Cool. Yeah. How long and, have you been doing it? Uh, like a year and some change. I think like a year, maybe year and a half, whatever. Something like nice. that. Um, and and you're you're out in Santa Rosa. Do you stay out there? Yeah, uh, I kind of stick to these areas mostly, just because like I uh, have a lot of other plates in the air, just as far as like how much time in a week I can put into comedy. And it's like I want to get out and network more, but at the same time, it's like for an equivalent five minute spot having to go an hour plus more on the road. It just stacks up to the point where other shit won't get done. Got it. So what, but yeah, from, I, to, I, I tend to stick around here mostly. I, I enjoy venturing out. I just have to genuinely put time aside for it. And where's like the closest venture out that you would hit? Like, uh, we're, we're from Santa Rosa. I'm sure you'd from rather Santa Rosa. I bar. mean, there, I, there's a good handful of spots in the county that, like, you can get a set in just about every night if you want to. 
Uh, some spots are definitely better than others, but I think within the last year or so, the scene is really, especially with nightlife and stuff, like trying to get back on its feet. Um, you know, after all the kind of the, I don't want to talk about the pandemic at all, but just because of the pandemic, everything's trying to figure itself out again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, things are starting to get better around here. As far as close ventures out, I mean, s- s- San Francisco is only like, what, an hour and 15 away, and Oakland probably not much further. Okay. Um, but even then, just on, on a weeknight, it's, it is a real hassle for sure, especially with timing of getting out of work and committing to getting there by sitting in traffic. Is it two hours to get to Sacramento from there? Or less? Uh, I want to say two hours and 15, but I have done that before, and oh. it was worth it. I really do enjoy my time out in Sacramento the few times I've gone, but it is one of those things where you're like an hour and a half in the ride, and you're like, holy shit, I'm like barely halfway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I or you. I I always have a lot of these what am I doing kind of moments like at Fuck, Alameda when yes, I met you I, I was feeling really sick like allergies you know and I was just thinking like man just going out I just feel like it's kind of like killing me a little bit and all I'm thinking is like man I'm just gonna do five minutes but I did have it in my head too like I I felt sick so I was just gonna kind of run through things that I know like I don't really think I tried anything new that night I was just like trying putting things together in certain orders I guess and it ended up being like a really good set and I just would think like huh that feeling of like feeling shitty can sometimes feel worth it but sometimes it could you just feel kind of either flat or maybe even worse at least for me but there's a lot of the times like what am I doing like especially in this day and age it's like you're really driving one to two hours to just do something in front of people. And it's like, I guess it's kind of like a service because it's like you're making people laugh, but maybe you get some kind of satisfaction out of it as like a real life performer kind of thing. But then sometimes it's like, man, just make a damn TikTok or something post, but some, I guess it's not the same or whatever, but like, it's weird. It's, it's weird. But no, I definitely have those, those feelings too. And like, really depending on like what around me is going on like sometimes I really just say you go out and do like two spots in a night and like you got through your material fine but it wasn't great and like no one loved you which I'm not (laughs) that's kind of part of what I battle with sometimes is like I'll be driving home like am I a fucking attention whore Mm -hmm. and like I really don't want to have to wear that label but I also do understand that with what we do as a craft, it is dependent on people's putting it out there and, you know, allowing people to have their opinion on it. Um, and it, it's the, just the social media aspect of it, too, is a grind in and of itself. You know, you want your clips to stand out, but you also, do I really want to spend two hours trying to butcher yeah. some shit on my phone with my fat fucking fingers? And like, <laughs> It's just shit like that, you know? And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, especially with, like, um, there's times, too, where it, it, it goes both ways, whether it's I'm doing something locally or I went out and things didn't go my way. Like, say the night, regardless of where it is, um, you know, say it just didn't go spectacular. I kind of am just driving home, like, dude, I could have got my dick sucked for free and not <laughs> felt this way if I just stayed home. Like, yep. And it's, it's, it is a, you know, for the love of the game kind of thing. And on top of that, 
you do get used to the swing of like, yeah, I get to hang out with my friends like three nights a week and that's fun. Yeah, it helps out. At the friends. same time, you got to kind of make sure that the real shit in life is rock solid before you're like, it's time to, it's time to chill, like super chill. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's, how, how old are you? 24. Oh, you're relatively young. I'm 28. I turned 29 in a couple of days. And so, nice. Happy birthday, dude. Are you doing anything exciting? Uh, not really. I was uh, was talking to my dad. My dad's sick. He's turning sixty-eight, and I was like, "What do you What do you want for your birthday?" Because my birthday is a day after my dad's birthday, and nice. so for most of my life, kind of been celebrating together. And so I was like, "What do you want for your birthday?" And he was just like, "Nothing really, man. Just happy to be here. Like I'm I'm more excited to turn seventy, and that's kind of how I feel about turning twenty-nine. Like, eh, it just." I guess some people would be like, oh, it's my last year in my 20s. I got to go hard. But for me, it's like, oh, wait. I don't know. 30 doesn't really seem like bad. Maybe once it gets to it and I'll be kind of like, oh, fuck, I'm 30. But right now, it's just, I don't know. 30's always kind of been a magical number in my head of like, um, damn, now we're talking about this again. I don't, I don't want to talk about this particular subject too much because I feel like I, I, it's a, it's a, such a, cheesy thing to talk about or like a lot of people talk (laughs) about it but it's like i do have this thing in my head sometimes like 30 is like your your make it or break it year you know how there's like a superstition of like how celebrities die at 27 or some shit 27's club yeah no this is in a way this is kind of crunch time this is the make or break era for sure i I can see what you're getting at yeah Um, because it's just like you can you can, <laughs> you can not have your shit together and you can fucking piss your pants because you drank too much when you're in your twenties. <laughs> but the second you turn thirty, it's like yo, you need to have your shit together, dude. This is it's not cute anymore. You know what I mean? Like the, it, at thirty is like you even if you don't have a flourishing family or career, you should still have some stability established. As hard as that is to just fight, even the beginning pieces of foundation are hard to come across but it's like you had you had 10 years to dick around either you it's time to to you know button up and do you have or want kids i've talked about this it's it's interesting because in the last two years this idea has really shifted in my head um i've been in a relationship for like uh coming up on five years here pretty soon and it's where it, by all means am I content and I don't have any aspiration to either have like any intimate connection with anyone else, let alone, I don't like casual sex at all. So new partners are very not my thing whatsoever. Like the first time we fucked, like we have to have like four, um, like I drop, I'm going to drop the ball like four times before shit works out accordingly. You know what I mean? Right, right. Wait, but so, I don't like so casual you, partners, and I've had the same partner for a long time. So you've been with your girl since you were 19? Uh, Basically? Yeah, yeah, right before I turned 20. Hey, me too. I've been with my girl Hell since yeah. I was 19, and we're both turning 29 soon. So it's like Stick. talking to somebody from the past. <laughs> right, it's like just talking to me in yeah. the future. You'll be all right in five years. I, the future, I can't tell you exactly. But, um, <laughs> but, but what I'm getting at is like I've – been with my partner for a long time and this is who i want to be with and we work very well when it comes to problem solving so i don't really think 
whatever life throws at us will really tear us apart unless have you, you ever know. done an escape room would you do one no we know better than to do that i did that with my family which are ties that you can't you can stop talking to them but you can't disconnect yourself from them uh sure. so i think that was the better route if i did it with my girlfriend we probably would it would end in turmoil i would say yeah i i i got like an ad for a local um uh, escape room and I've never done them before but the pictures look fucking creepy and I don't want to be put in that situation <laughs> and just feeling like I just think of failing I just think of not being able to get out of that room and how humiliating it would be and yeah it's, it, it'll, it's one of those things that will very quickly uh, <laughs> let your girl know what your survival tactics and like your problem solving yeah. skills are like like this is kind of the same thing as like if like you blew out a tire in the rain yeah, and you don't know how to you know, change it. it. This is the moment <laughs> where it's like, oh, this dude, oh, he knows what the fuck's going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, as I could, far as I could marriage and kids, in the rain if I had uh, if I had five G, so I could YouTube it just to make sure. Yeah, I mean, she's gonna have to get out and hold the phone because I need two hands to switch this tire. But we're gonna get through this together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as far as marriage and kids go, like, I've been with my my girlfriend for a long time, um, and we've talked about this and like kids we don't think are are the move for us like just um we just did going through it in your head of just having to have your shit together for nine months and then it's 18 years of not doing what you want with your money and <laughs> it's just, you know just genuinely it's just too expensive to have a fucking kid and unless i'm you know daddy fast acts it's probably not gonna be in my cards anytime soon and we've both been vocal about like if there is a pregnancy scare where it's like sorry pal you got to get the fuck up out of here <laughs> like we can't right. do this right now do you ever think about just living in debt like you ever just think that's people... the same, that's the thing too i'm debt free right now and like it's always been that way like i have a credit card that never has um you know left me it's never shot me in the foot having like, you know, so I have credit, but I don't have extensive debt with a car loan or a house or school or anything. So it's like, I do to an extent financial freedom. Yeah. I just kind of feel like observing people. It just seems like the American way, the American lifestyle is to just live in debt. Like I feel like a big percentage of people, especially if you have kids, it's just like, it's so piled up where you just kind of give up to where you make the minimum payments and I mean, how much debt can I be in until I get thrown in jail? But people still, Oh, it's, it's August. The weather's nice. Let's go on a vacation to Vegas and just spend money. And, and it's fine. Like people vacation as much as people who aren't in debt as the ones in debt. And I, I'm personally not really a fan of it, but if the time were to come, like if I were to start a family or something, I feel like a big part of accepting having a kid is just accepting living in debt because it's just 100%. Like, that's how much you love the kid. You, you just fucking, yeah, whatever. Like, um, and, and my next question is, are you, uh, are you a millennial or are you like a Gen Z or whatever you, the new things are I'm called? I'm not a millennial. I'm too, I think I'm, I'm too young for that. I want to say I'm Gen Z or X, I don't remember. I, Gen, Z. Gen Z is younger, so I want to see him Gen X. Gen X, maybe, yeah. I uh, think that's where I fall in. Why do they but just I've skip also, to, to Z? Why do they just skip from X to Z? There's no Gen Y, huh? 
There might be. I, I genuinely, I'm not too. Uh, all I know is that like millennials just have a bad connotation, just like socially. And then just boomers, it's like, oh, you're just old and geriatric and don't know what's going on. I only know so much about about the topic. I guess I just I just asked that to follow up questions like the future and and um um I think we mentioned like social media and things like that. This is like one of the original questions that I wanted to ask you about. Oh, oh, here we go. I found it. Um so this is my question of the day and like I said it's it's just maybe it'll help me out here. <laughs> it has nothing to do about you but your opinion. Do you think if the whole world lived like America, and an example of living like America is is um, living in debt, you know? I feel like I'm, that's it. I, I'll go more into my answer, but yeah. Like, what do you think would happen if the whole world lived like America? If the whole world lived like America? Well, this is hard to base an opinion on because I have never traveled out of country before, so I don't. I only have so much global context. On top of that, I don't watch the news. That means you're a true American. TV. You're a true American, and true American. You're, you're, I'm just, I'm ed- your opinion I'm matters. I'm proud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it's fucking. I don't know. There's parts that I'm just like other countries have other things that would probably benefit us when it comes to like I don't know shit dude I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I'm fucking smart (laughs) (laughs) that's good but maybe I'm glad I can feel vulnerable enough to say that let's hear your answer and I'll see if if you connect any dots for me so I can form an opinion right right and you can cut me off if you if you have an opinion to share so it's like how I see it I'm also not an uh, not a fucking genius about it I guess I just think about it it's just my thought of the day um I think to to live the American lifestyle, um, like America, they always say, "Oh, we're we're billions of dollars in debt. We're trillions of dollars in debt," and it just keeps getting higher. Things like inflation, about oh, it's projected in a couple of years, uh, a cheeseburger at McDonald's is going to be twenty dollars because they keep raising the minimum wage, um, inflation and shit like that. Houses are more expensive than possible, and I just. Uh, some people would kind of say it's like a bubble bursting or something like that. But my point is like, what if the whole world did that? Like, what if, what if places like, um, China or Russia place, those things play a part in America being America, you know, a bunch of things are made in China and there's like a war on trying to make things more American. So we're independent. But the problem is motherfuckers don't want to work. Motherfuckers got open mics to hit. You know what I'm saying? Like we got, <laughs> we got TikTok. Yeah, make, dude. If the, whole, <laughs> you know? if the whole world lived like America, there'd be so much more shitty comics that I would have to be passively competing with. So I'm kind of <laughs> glad that's not the case. <laughs> but the thing about Americans is where I think, but I mean, I may, I only speak English, so my opinion's also fucking biased. I think we're some of the funniest motherfuckers ever. Like some people just don't do things like how we do it. There's some negative totally. things. Well, I think a part of that too is in America. I think we get to indulge a bit more in with like the we have like shit like the Vice Channel that's just like, oh hey, uh, it's fucking 5:30 p.m. on a on a Wednesday you want to learn how to cook crack in your kitchen we got a show with commercials about it 
So it's shit like that where it's like we get to explore those dark thoughts and indulge in them where other things are a lot more like, you know, restricted and web access and, you know, I'm sure too, I'm sure we're being watched every move we do online too, but over there it's a lot more prominent. Over there, I mean just any other country. I don't, I'm not pointing anywhere specifically. Do you, um, uh, uh, um. Fuck, I lost it. Fuck. Um, you, what were you saying? You were saying that you think people are watching us, and before that, what were you talking about? Everybody looked um, like uh, we, we just get to indulge in all the these, this dark shit that we're not supposed to know about and have opinions on it and voice those opinions, and other countries that are so with you know dictatorships or um, you know different governing styles, they don't really even get to have those thoughts and if they do they're not allowed to express them oh, or even uh, yeah do you ever go on like twitter or facebook and there's like a video and it's like blurred out and it's like this video can't be shown in your country you know well sometimes i've seen those I, for shit like that not not like you brought it up and triggered it me or anything but just like there's certain things on social media that I see, and for that reason, I've actually... I, I don't mean to... Like, this could be an exclusive, because I've never actually vocally said this out loud, but I deleted Twitter within the last few months, because I'm like, dude, this is straight poison. Like, why am I seeing all this crazy stuff at 7 in the morning when I'm trying to get ready for work? <laughs> yeah. And you... Okay, if you really... So, if you, if you can relate to that, do you want to know specifically what it was that really made me have to walk away from it? Like, it was affecting my mood in everyday life? Sure, let's hear it. High school fight videos. Really? Oh, really? How'd yes. that affect... I love those. How'd that affect you? <laughs> Dude, honestly... I mean, maybe you follow different pages where things are a little bit more tame and humor-based, but there would be times I go on Twitter, and it felt like every high school fight that I saw, it was never just like, oh, these dudes are squashing beef, or like, oh, these dudes handled that shit. It's like, oh, I'm watching attempted murder at, at 8.30 in the morning. Really? And then everyone's just like uh, egging it on. It's just, It was just gross. It kind of just like made my stomach turn every time I saw it. And it kind of just, like, gave me bad opinions about public school. I'm like, damn, it's crazy I went the distance and never had to encounter that Dude, and other people I, I think the same about myself, too. I always kind of joke around and say, like, I think my time in public school was, like, the most dangerous time of my life in a, in a weird, pussy-ass way. <laughs> but but no, it's, it's real shit. Like, yeah. fucking the thought of having, like, we mentioned before having a kid and the thought of having to put it through public school yeah. and you know elementary yeah. kids only know so much and if your kid's a piece of shit at that age you're as a you as a parent should probably reflect a little bit but yeah. then it gets to an age where there's not a lot of contradicting and correcting those behaviors anymore and now this is just the only way they know how to solve their problems is acting out and you don't want your kid to be on the tail end of that because they're at the wrong place at the wrong time what about um you ever see those videos of students beating up teachers? Do do those upset yeah, you? Yeah, that shit is so fucking crazy. The lack of any kind of like respect for authorities. I'm not saying I'm a fucking uh, bootlicker. You know, like I'm super. I'm not like super uh, blue lives matter or anything. Right, I just, right. I. But it's just the the Unless lack of respect over. for any kind of adult is so crazy to me. Yeah, it's um. 
that's what worries me and that's what worries me about having children i'm i'm at this point in my life where i feel like uh i'm all right with having a kid but i'm also all right with with never having a kid but i feel like the issue is being all right maybe just i'm trying to be happy <laughs> like being stoked about having a kid and being stoked about never having a kid so totally yeah me and my girlfriend we've had cats like this is she had an old cat when we got together um and then it ended up passing away and then we got one together and it's like it's just enough responsibility to where we still have control of what we want to do in our lives on a daily basis not dictated by a kid's schedule and it's also a matter of us like growing together as people taking care of something and you know being able to you know just enjoy what we've you know the little family we've put together that's cute yeah i also got a cat my cat is two years old and when i first got him i think it's well documented on this podcast i might have even been crying (laughs) about it about how fucking stressed out i was was my first cat i ever got and it just like i think i was like freaking out dude i think it made me have this epiphany it's like i don't want kids like i can barely handle this cat so real it's a good eye-opener um but now that it's been two years and I'm kind of like cool with the cat, I kind of like, I was like, oh, maybe I'll have a kid. But then I'm <laughs> fucking, maybe I'll be kicking myself in the ass later and just, I don't know. Sometimes I look at the cat and be like, man, you are like, like it, it, it's easy maintenance once you get the hang of it. But maybe just like naturally as humans, we sometimes kind of like want to have responsibility you know and that could be as linked to you know having a cat or having to go to an open mic you know like you just want to yeah. give yourself a task. You want, yeah you want a sense of you're needed i guess so huh um oh here's something i wanted to say to circle back onto what you're talking about with um uh doing comedy and it and questioning if you're like an attention whore yep i think i think a healthy way because because sometimes it, you kind of just like break it down and be like, man, I guess we're, we all are like, I don't know if you ever just like look around at a, like an empty open mic. That's nothing but comics. And you just have this moment of like, so what's wrong with us? You know? But no, like- <laughs> yeah. I, I, I always, it might be to my own detriment, but I, I tend to see through things early on and like comedy was a, a time where I really consciously have to, because I've always been a fan of it, and I've, I've always been fascinated since I was a kid to see a uh, professional comic on stage and just be so mm-hmm. completely mesmerizing with just his words. No instruments, no tricks. Like, prop comedy is a thing, but, you know, for the most part, it's just your thoughts and ideas, and you're, enter- you're entertaining masses with it. And I've always kind of, you know, tried not to buy into the... whatever facade someone tries to put out. Like, if a guy is you know i could just tell if someone's putting in too much effort to try and be cool or try and wear cool shit really hard to be cool and funny (laughs) exactly and it's like can ruin it a lot of times like it it all comes down to style it's not really what you do it's how you do it and that applies to you can tell when somebody's yourself how you are on stage what you do for work it's like you know it all really like a lot of it is about keeping your credibility and it's like do i take you seriously based on how you carry yourself this style of talk that you're trying to convince me that is your you know natural slang of tongue like it it, i just kind of i always try to simmer things down to their purest form and see you know through 
all the smoke and mirrors and that i feel that way about comedy as far as being at an open mic and being like oh cool so we're all fucking losers tonight <laughs> there's no crowd here yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now it's all of us it does that's when it turns into like okay so yeah we might have new shit to work out and it all really depends on why you're there maybe you just yeah. want to hang out with your homies that night but it's challenging and that's fine but make... then it's like damn I was there's people that... that i know here that aren't as funny yeah. as they think they are and it's just i know that you know it's not gonna be a good night for them i think i was just telling Marcion Evans about shout out Marcian yeah Marcian Evans about um, how it's challenging because we were kind of talking about the same thing and we were talking about how it's challenging to make um, you know all your friends or other comics laugh if that's the majority of the crowd but that's a good challenge to have and it kind of brings me to my point of um, I feel like this is a healthy way to look at it to kind of make you not feel like a uh, a self-absorbed attention whore or whatever. Totally. Um, some, at least for me, this is how I've been looking at it lately. The jokes that I tell are jokes that at one point or currently still are just have me fucking cackling. Like, and it's just me trying, I just really want to share that feeling of cackling with other people with something that, you know, I'm just sharing something that I thought of or something that like a story or something that would help me out. And, um, it's just, it's just like the, uh, so it kind of takes you away from the pandering, if that makes sense. Totally. Of like trying to look for like, well, what, what, uh, the Raiders did just win. Maybe I can talk about that. And maybe other people like the Raiders and we'll talk about it or whatever. It's just, it's like, it takes away writing in a sense, unless you have shitty memory and you really have to write things down to, to really bring up a story. And then that's when it comes into, okay, maybe this is a bit to work it out or something, but I, I always find a lot because I'll be on like Discord and shit like that a lot and talking to people or Xbox Live or whatever the fuck. And sometimes people will just question like, is that something that you say when you're doing stand up comedy? And I'll be like, no, I'm telling you a story. And then they'll be like, oh, well, that should be. And that's how a lot of the shit has kind of worked out for me, at least. And um, what was I going to share with that? So I guess it, it and, and if it doesn't land. I guess it could be a shitty feeling if a joke's not funny or maybe it's either it 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 helps you in a self-improving way in two ways like one it helps you identify like if you've tried a certain joke that you think is so funny and you've tried it at four open mics and it's bombed consistently it'll help you kind of be like so what the fuck is wrong with me <laughs> and then the second thing that it helps is kind of like um uh um I think it, it's um, figuring out how to word it, like how I'm trying to figure out the second part of this fucking answer. Um, <laughs> and uh, which one was it? I fucking forgot. My bad. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, just, just going off what you said, like, yeah. you know, when it's just a crowd of comics or you're literally fucking performing for the host and the one drunk old guy at the bar that's trying to, you know drink his sorrows away i was trying to find your crowd i'm sorry that's what it was it's right like, and honestly dude thing. i've never found my crowd like around here it's i'm performing for a bunch of old geriatric fucks like four nights a week and it goes well some things go over better than others but for the most part it, it depends on i think it comes down to self-awareness too when it comes to um being in a room that's just comics and there's no crowd there that night it's like 
well, unless you're just, you know, consciously like, I'm going to get a rep in and make sure I know this bit inside and out because I have something bigger down the road that I want to use it for. I have a show that, you know, I really want to be tightened up for then yeah that's fine but then it's also it's like that's an opportunity to where you can just fuck off and your friends aren't gonna care they'll probably indulge in it because it's like oh we're not hearing the same you know covid joke that we've heard since 2020 you know it's just like have fun with it it doesn't always have to be you know your special taping quality of performance you know sometimes you just go up there and fuck around and it's a rep or you you know, it all just depends on what you have going you on might in your come race. come up with a new joke right there on the spot. Yeah, sometimes shit's so weird. You throw something out there, and that's what gets a reaction. And you're like, I would have never said that because it, in my head it's not funny. But clearly it broke some tension in here, so maybe I should keep that in my back pocket. Yeah, and that's the fun part of it. It's just finding things that work. Um, but yeah, I, um, finding your crowd. Yeah, I... I um, I kind of thought about this the the year and change I've been doing it. I feel like uh I've definitely outnumbered more of the comedians that I've met. More I feel like my crowd is basically just the comedians, you know. And it, at least when it came to attempting stand up, like I I mean I'm kind of the opposite of you. I mean, I was a casual fan, but I was never so much like oh, I I I want to do this. Like this has got to get done. It's always just kind of been like a bucket list thing. Like, Oh, maybe I'll try an open mic, but then it just, I don't know. just got addicted real quick a little bit to where it's more of a regular thing. And I somewhat immerse myself in the open mic world and shit like that. Um, it's interesting. Like just knowing how small the community is too. Um, I start, I started this with the, the idea of that it's a dying art. Um, and I still kind of do, but I, I respect it. Like, I don't want to say it's a dying art in a disrespectful manner. Maybe it could come off as disrespectful if you disagree. Um, but I, I mean, it is, I still respect it, but I think it's a, I think there's some, something going on. Maybe it'll come back. I'm hoping that it'll come back and things are more of how I would want it to be in the future. But right now it's, uh, it's kind of weird. I don't know. All I know is that it's kind of weird. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, are you saying stand-up comedy uh, is a dying art form? Yeah, just in but general. To an extent. I mean, when it comes to censorship and the limited access of, you know, everyone's always... I mean, I, I'm i just going to say everyone. It, it doesn't. It might not apply to me or you. But just like, you know, everyone's working towards that Netflix special, that big break, that but, big But they all suck. Thing, like, and, Netflix doesn't have any good... Uh, there's a very small handful like there's not much on netflix if you want to like watch stand-up comedy you know totally and i agree and i'm not even a big fan of the thing a lot of the things that have been coming out recently but um it's it's a stand-up overall i think we're in a state of oversaturation where you a lot of the times you know the funniest shit you would see online was stand-up and then it got to a point where the world opened up again and people were at bars and all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's open mics everywhere and anyone could do stand up. And now everyone's trying to fucking do crowd work. Everyone's trying to put clips out. And, you know, it's one of those it's it, it's very oversaturated and it's, it sucks because for some people it's a hobby. But if you really want to be good at it, it unfortunately kind of puts everyone else in the way. Yeah, it's very easy to. um talk the talk 
Um, and maybe even walk the walk, but you're walking the walk with a thousand other people with you. And it's like right. the whole thing that people are chasing is to stick out. Like, I'm the funniest person. I, I, I They want to be Kevin Hart or whatever. I don't know. But like... Stand-up's uh, a gross thing, too, because it's like... It's so entwined in like being egotistical. Like there is a certain amount of self indulgent and awareness and um you know that it takes to actually know who you are and who you're trying to portray to someone on stage. But then it also comes with like um fuck, I forgot what I was getting at, but it's uh it's feels- you go ahead. We're, we're, well, it'll come back to me. No, you're good. No, it's just, it's interesting. Well, well, I guess what I meant to say, I don't know if I got it out already. Like, um, the past year, it's, I've definitely met more comics. And then I have just people that like my comedy, you know? Totally. And I feel like a yeah, lot it's... of people that I've met can relate. It's like, uh, it's so funny to me. And maybe it's just being arrogant or, or judgmental, but I'll see a bunch of people and be like, hey, I'm going to be here. Come check your boy out. I'm going to be at a so-and-so. I'm going to be at this place. And I just, in my head, I'm like, I know if I did that, nobody would fucking come. And this person, like, no, I just that's know such, they're not. That's such the, the grim reality. Such a sad truth is that, like, comedy is so fucking gross and egotistical and self-indulgent. This is kind of what I was getting at. Is like okay. You have to be co- so to an extent infatuated with yourself to sit there and edit a clip of yourself talking for two hours and put it out there and be like, yeah, this is some of my best shit and you, you should like it for this reason. That's why I put it out. And straight up, no one cares when you put your... If you're on a poster, no one's going to come see you. The only people that are going to be there are people that were already going to be at the bar. And, like, I get the most support from my family because they're the ones that are the most connected to me. But straight up, my friends don't give a fuck. And I don't want them to because we're at a point where this is so not glamorous that it's, like, I don't want you to know I'm hanging out at these dives for three nights a week for my little attention Mm -hmm. when I know that's what I'm doing. And I'm trying to not make it that but when you see me on a Tuesday night, you're going to see that this isn't the comedy central treatment you thought I was getting from what people are putting on fucking Instagram and trying to put their online alter ego together. I don't know if it's we're young or well, or if you even agree with me, I don't know if I'm young, but it seems like, and, and this goes into the, my theory of stand up comedy dying. It's like the curtain got pulled back a little bit and everybody like, I feel like back in the day, it was different to, to make it and be on Comedy Central or HBO. You just kind of like saw it and and it was easier to kind of like hide of like the, the behind the scenes and shit like that and the art of networking and shit like that. So going into thinking that it's dying, like like you said, you know, you put a poster up, um, nobody's really going to come or nobody really cares. And I think it's that challenge that goes along with a bunch of other people making clips. Everybody wants to have like Netflix or whatever, or somebody has, I think a good pathway to it is I, I mean, it's, I I wish I could come up with some examples right now, but I know they're out there. So I'm just going to describe it. There's definitely been people who have never done stand up really ever in their life. 
Uh, maybe they did like three open mics, but then they became YouTube famous or Vine famous or TikTok famous or Instagram famous, whatever, on the internet for their uh, funny skits or something like that. And then totally. they made a deal with a comedy club and they're like, hey, I, I do this. Um, I could bring a crowd. Let's let's talk. Let's talk numbers. Maybe talk. Oh, to yeah, you. that's totally yeah. at the end of the day. This is show business. So it doesn't really matter whether what you have to say is culturally relevant or funny or thought provoking. If people are going to show up and not ask their money back at the end, then, yeah, you probably could be famous. And a lot of times it's like there are comics that are not not saying anyone we're affiliated with not anyone at our level i'm saying people that are actually making money in this that they're not trying they're not um you know they're not actually funny they don't actually have a sense of uh perspective or certain wit or attitude about anything they just have people online that like them that are gonna come out and fucking watch them because they like their rants on instagram or their little skit you know like you said they just like them because they're a fan because they're sketches or um you know, comedy, there's so many little weird little pockets. And stand-up is the purest form because it takes away every gimmick. Um, and it's the hardest one, ideally. So when you're actually good at it, it, you know, it sticks out. But, you know, I don't want to be at a point where I, I feel the need to make Instagram skits to be funny or relevant. It's, I, I want my words to do the talking. Can you imagine the pressure of, like, you're you're like behind on rent or something and you've kind of you've claimed you you fucking you're unemployed and you you claimed that you just make shit you 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 make shit on the internet and that's what pays your bills and you're just you're not feeling it you know kind of like that feeling you have on the way to an open mic and you're just like right i don't want to make a funny reel right now but it's like you know the refrigerator needs to stay cold and you're just like straight up that's when your passion becomes your fucking work um your hobby um i wanted to just mention i don't know this is an interesting topic i don't know do you want to keep talking about this or do you do you want to share something because we're at about 49 minutes i could go longer it's up to you i don't know how much time you got but yeah um, no i'm not i mean we can we can still let things breathe did you have a question in mind that you wanted to to roll out and we could just keep going um I had some things on like people trying to make it still and it just kind of, I don't know, man. I feel like I, I, I started doing comedy for not that it was really for, if you were to ask me why I did it, it would be for self-improvement, you know, just like things that we were mentioning earlier about like self-awareness. And I feel like that that's what's really helped me in my life. Um, yeah, there is a sense of, you know, it does, I'm not a topical comedian at all. I don't do politics. I don't do current events. I just talk about my life and shit that I have opinions on. And a lot of the times it's dirty shit. Like a lot, I'm by all means are just about every single one of my sets going to have dirty jokes and I could do clean stuff, but I have a lot more fun doing dirtier stuff because I want as a, as a consumer, when I go to see comedy, I want to hear something outrageous. I want to hear something I haven't heard before. I don't want to hear what the funniest guy at your, the law firm thinks, because it, it, it gives a fuck, right? Yeah. Um, but what was your initial uh, statement? I don't know. I feel like I'm getting kind of lost. I feel like I'm getting tangled in, in the <laughs> point that we're trying to get to here. <laughs> I don't even... 
I don't even fucking know, man. Uh, we could talk about the Barrel Proof Lounge, which you're at right now, huh? Fucking BPL Studios, man. Let's talk about it. So, they gave me the okay to be on the Shot Caller show. Oh, shit. Dude, you better wear a diaper, bro. And um, I had to I had to bitch out. I, I, I don't blame you, man. I, don't, I really I think this is putting in perspective who has... I don't want to throw you under the bus at all because you did make the conscious decision to walk away from it, which I think is the right move. But it's kind of showing who does and doesn't have self-respect for themselves. Yeah. Because for starters, it's not like Cobbs is putting on this show. All right, it's not like you're gonna be on a one of the big stages that we have to offer around in the the grand scheme of Northern California. Sure. Uh, so you're gonna be in Santa Rosa. That's gonna for most comics that have any relevance in the scene. That's gonna be about two hours out of your way for a 90 second spot. Which for me, I'm just I'm barely getting my whistle wet. You know, I haven't even really dove into any fun stuff yet. Um, and then on top of that there is a sense of control taken from you as a comic when the power of interrupting you and shocking you um, and throwing off your flow. And when that is on the table also, it's like, you're not here. It's to an extent, it might be for attention depending on how many people come and see this first, whatever podcast they put together for me. It's not for me. I I can't do these self-deprecating show. I need my credibility for things to be good. When you take away the control aspect of it things really start to fall apart and it just makes the it makes it not fun it turns me from uh, either a storyteller or just a fucking a comic an asshole whatever appropriate <laughs> label there is for what i am on stage you're taking that away and you're turning me into like a fucking show pony like like dance monkey dance before i shock you again i respect your answer and opinion but yeah, you don't need to do that, dude. You could go to any other spot that same night for five minutes where you get to do things on your terms. I disagree in the form of... Um, well, you're right about the self-deprecating thing and everything like that, but I was a big fan of Jackass as a kid, man, and that just it just seems like a Jackass stunt kind of thing, and I would do it for those purposes i know it could you know some opinions like uh maybe you like if we never did this podcast and got to know each other a little bit you would have seen me do the shot collar thing and your opinion of me would be different forever you'd be like oh this fucking (laughs) this fucking guy did it you know i'm never gonna respect them or something like that which is cool um but it's also a plus knowing that me not doing it i don't know i guess it's just uh uh it, it did look sketchy. I'll say that. It did look sketchy from the guy describing. Everything just looks sketchy. It, Dude, it, even on the flyer, Joe Hill's headshot is like, I don't even know if I agree with this shit, but they're paying me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it, by no means do I think this is going to. I don't think anyone affiliated with the club will hear this. And if they do, these are my opinions. Oh, well, I'll be back at open mic uh, next week. So you know, <laughs> feel how you want about it. But it's just, it's as a comic, dude, it's a lot of the times you're battling for credibility. And when you put the, when you put that in someone else's hands, it's you, it takes away, um, you know, the craft of it. You're not, you're not doing things on your terms. You're either there for attention or, 
maybe you like pain that's fine too maybe you're just a kinky motherfucker and <laughs> you know it's it is what it is but at it's the same time it's you know. I, I i came here to because that that's i think to an extent that's what i like the most about comedy is the control because i can take you down this dark path with you know a dirty joke a dark story something that's uh, problematic to say but i can also steer us out of here because i'm funny and i did this on purpose and i have a way to round it up yeah i think some people are just simpletons and maybe it's just it's just hilarious to see people tell a story and in the middle of it get fucking shocked people are sick i think the fact that some people even go to an open mic as a civilian or a comedy show, like low level, like underground shit, it's already questioning in itself. Like, damn, why are you here? Ran out of fucking TikToks to watch or something? Like, you're you're really at the point where you're watching people get electrocuted. And totally, I get it. Like, I'm not. I I I don't know, man. Stevo does comedy, and I think in his comedy act, he just does stunts. Sometimes he'll fucking staple his nuts to his thighs, and people buy tickets. No, for yeah, it. he totally does. I mean, I've I've heard higher level comedians say that you know it was funny and they enjoyed the show. But that's the thing is, it's a show. It's I, I think it's less of stand up and more of a one man show where it's like because i know he has video segments and you know there will be yeah um stunts or performances on the show that day um you know but it's it's i i think stand up is just it, in the purest purest form like it's just you a microphone and a crowd have you heard of mark maple's uh graffiti comedy yeah, they put on pretty cool shows. I've been trying to get myself in the loop. He has, uh, I don't know of any like gimmicky shows that he's put on with like any shows with the catch, but he puts on a cool uh, show at a skate shop that I think I would fit the fit the criteria oh, for yeah, pretty you well. You have skateboarding material, huh? Yeah, I've I always told myself if I were to get booked on that show, I would open with uh, doing a kickflip, and I'll bring my own board. I'll go up there. Hopefully, I land it on the first try. But if I don't, that's when the comedy starts, and I'm just gonna just keep trying the kickflip until I get it. And it might take five minutes. It might take my whole set. But when I finally get that kickflip, I'm gonna be like, "What's up, posers?" And just fucking just let it rip, dude. I don't know. <laughs> you could. So, yeah, that's the plan for that. You can steal that if you want. If you get on that show before me, you can. If you think it's funny, I heard a little chuckle. You can do it. You can, you can do it. Like, go ahead. We could play a game of skate. How about we do that? Maybe we'll, let's just harass Mark Maple into getting on the show, both of us, and then like we'll play a game of skate. We'll we'll have uh, him kick off two comics to give us time to play skate or something like that. I don't know. That'd be pretty I sick. I hope they. <laughs> I, I, I don't. My flat ground game is not what it once used to be. So maybe if they have some. Uh, me. Some ramps and transitions we could get shit popping. What's your best trick? Like flat ground trick. I mean, I'm straight up, like I'm a big dude. I never even put the the man hours boots on the ground time to um to figure out flip tricks just because I always just wanted to go fast. So I've always taken more to bowls and transitions and I just like to fly around and I'll I'll catch grinds and um, you know, do little fat guy layback tricks and stuff but i just i skate curbs and bowls mostly i'm i'm old i'm fucking heavy i'm not 18 running on straight uh hormones and 
fucking four locos anymore. Four life's, life is definitely, it's a different ball game these days. It's mostly just uh, for a sense of cardio in my day-to-day life. You ever longboard? No, I thought that shit was kind of corny. Good, good. You don't have you could you can uncensor. You don't have to say corny. You know what the real word is. Um, that was that was the word I wanted for it. It's oh, okay. I think corny is the only way. Like okay, I didn't good. like I could be like yeah that shit. You were worrying gay, me when you were talking time, about. I just want to go fast. I was like, man, you sound like a long border. No way. You'll never catch me with some fucking hockey pucks on my gloves, dude. <laughs> I've uh. I've considered it, but after this conversation, I'm stepping back because I don't want to be a hypocrite. You see me? Nah, you don't want to do that, dude. The uh, the same way I feel about dudes that get into longboarding as an adult um, is the same way I feel about dudes that get into comedy way later in life. Is like, dude, you had credibility for a long time until you chose to do this shit and you fucked that up. <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier when you mentioned your age. Some, I started at 27. And so I feel like 27 is okay. I mean, maybe a little bit of me gets upset. Like, oh, I should have done this when I was earlier. But um, I think we mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast. Like, you got to get your shit together, uh, life-wise. Yeah, you got to have a sense of who you are before you go up there and try to convince people into believing whatever story or whatever you're, you're trying to portray. You have to, credibility and a sense of self is like, those are the main things before people are going to start to take you seriously. Yeah. I mean, I think I would have done all right if I was young. Cause I always considered myself like a content creator. Like I was doing this podcast before I even did stand up, And so I was, nice. I was podcasting before stand up too. Good. You're a rare breed, dude. I think that's, see, that's another example of how I think stand up comedy's dying because podcasts are getting so big and me personally, like what I like to consume in my life, I'd much rather listen to my favorite comedian's uh podcast that he posts weekly rather than like their comedy special that comes out once every couple ever so years. And the and the the comedy specials always just they don't seem as uh they don't seem as authentic and real. Like I like No, not at all. And it's it's also a thing too where I think cultural context and striking while the iron hot is a key component and when it comes to some of the shit that we've gotten in the last few years it's like it's outdated people aren't the people telling you aren't even excited about it anymore because they're living such a different life than what was going on when these jokes were hot and exciting and it gets to a point where like with a podcast it's so in the moment you get to realize in real time why they're funny why they're special what their thing is like in you just see where their brain goes as opposed to this one hour ride that they've manufactured for you and honed in over the course of two years it's fun seeing and witnessing like a kind of like a podcast inside joke or just like a joke made up on the fly and like i guess we not trying to say this this episode sucked today, but I can't, I'm trying to think of something that could have been like a, like a callback, if you may, during this episode. I think we just kept things pretty G real today. I think we've really pulled the curtain back, pulled the skin back on what is just a little uh, dirty, uncircumcised dick of being an open micer. Yeah. I'm circumcised though. So. Oh, dude, can't relate. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You're not really Filipino, bro. Filipinos are, um, I think they're circumcised. That's that's their thing, right? Isn't it? 
No, I don't actually know. I actually... <laughs> I just figured you were some... Like, if you're... Um, if you're ethnic, I'm going to give you the, the benefit of the doubt oh. that you have a strong foreskin and you wear it proud. I think it, it might I just be like an immigrant it's... mentality that I have instilled in me. I got you. But I think I think it's actually Filipino culture. Um, they look down on you if you're not uh, circumcised. At least... Do you like, think it's a class thing? Like, oh, you didn't have the fucking yes, I have, $18 to snip that shit <laughs> off your peasant? I have nephews that um, they they didn't get circumcised until they were like, I don't know, 8, eight or 12 years old. And that is so unnecessary. Yeah, man. And I remember my dad, like, I'm in, like, middle school. These kids are, like, you know, 8 or 12 or something. Or as they're growing up, my dad will just randomly be like, you know, uh, your nephew's. Yeah, the the boys, you know, they're not circumcised, huh? Like, just, like, shamefully, you know? Like, you ever have... I don't know how your family is, but, you know, sometimes you know, you'll be like, Jeter, so-and-so's ex- gay? I'll what a shame. I'll explain my family here yeah. after you, you wrap up, because I think we'll, oh, yeah. we'll indulge in this. Yeah, man, it's just, like, there's that. And I had a Filipino... Oh, my God, this is literally one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me at, um, at like, a workplace environment before, dude. I go to the men's bathroom, and... I had a, um, there's like urinals. So I'm using the urinal. I'm using the urinal next to uh, a Mexican fella. And a Filipino guy walks in and he's just like, he just kind of like pats at me or something. I, this happened many years ago. I forgot. But <laughs> he's just like, hey, like he like came up to me and like whispered about the Mexican guy. He was like, guy. get a load of this guy? Yeah. He was like, kind of get a load of this guy. And he was all like, he was all like, hey, did you know? He's not circumcised. Like the way he said Why are you it. Why foreskin watching? You should have told a grown man that. That's what in, was in so fucking funny to me. That's what was so fucking fun. Well, these cats are older. They were probably in their like late 40s to 50s or mid 50s possibly. And like he was just like the way he presented it to me that, hey, did you know uh, Did you know Alex isn't circumcised, the Mexican guy? Like another Filipino thought we could bond about making fun of this <laughs> other guy not being circumcised. And I was laughing at the Filipino like, bro, why the fuck do you know that? And why the fuck? Like it was just so hilarious that he assumed that I would care and be like, oh, really? He's not circumcised? What a dumbass, you know? Like, And just for hours, I was cackling about over it. And like, I don't even work there anymore. And the dude has my number. And every now and then, I'll just be like, man, that shit is still funny. Like, nothing has topped that. I, I don't know. It caught me in the moment, too. Like, years later, when I say it out loud, I'm like, whatever. But in the moment, and that's... If I did comedy back then, I would find a way to make that a joke because I would want to share whatever feeling I had back then to that. That's so funny. Yeah, you can't be turtleneck watching in public. That shit's not okay whatsoever. Yeah, fucking weird. But yeah, dude, as far as fucking... uh, I mean, it's. I think it's funny that the podcast went from, you know, pretty inside baseball behind the curtain to just uh our thoughts on on foreskin <laughs> circumcision but i think that kind of embodies who we are as people anyway we're americans exactly but what's funny is that in my family i have two brothers and my dad uh i have half siblings so like we, the, all the circumstantially each kid was different when it was born but I'm the only one in my family that's not circumcised, and I know that for a fact. And I'm just like, dude, what the fuck? Like, why? Not that I am self-conscious about it at all, and I've, I never have been, just because 
being like I just I know how to take care of myself and I've never had like even with partners it's never been a concern at all and if they did I'm like okay then you're just corny and I don't want to fuck you anymore anyways (laughs) but it's just it's funny that I'm like wow dude I'm the how did I how did I end up on this this side of the field and I'm I don't know I always kind of wonder what it would be like if I wasn't circumcised actually I do think about that from time to time but I always like growing up like watching porn and shit I always did was like proud to be circumcised but i feel like my (laughs) especially the way how i grew up with my fucking dad you know having that in my ear to make me like it's just funny that filipinos at least from my experience it always just seemed like such a thing to like maybe they got made fun of as kids if you weren't circumcised it's just so dumb but um, yeah there is the stigma that girls are like oh it looks weird or whatever the i mean like sure yeah i could but it pulls back and it could look was, normal, you know. I was with I might a girl pull up once. To the scene with my ceiling missing. I, I was with a girl once that uh, their boyfriend before wasn't circumcised, and then they brought it up, and uh, they were all right with it. They were like, "It's kind of, it's like a surprise," you know. That's what their reference was, and it always made me feel. I don't know. It's a, it's like when you have sex with a guy who isn't circumcised, I feel like it's like equivalent to having sex with a black guy. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, there's just something know. so scary and uh, uh, different about it is what you're getting at. Is that what you mean? A dick is a dick. <laughs> so but... ethnic and different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I there was I've definitely felt different, but at the same time, it got to a point where I'm like, it's still getting sucked, so I guess I don't really have to care about it as long yeah. as it's clean. Yeah, I had a I had a family member. They got an infection. I don't know how old they were. Then they had to have a forced circumcision. But all right, yeah, we've done about an hour and nine minutes, bro. So if you have any final thoughts or whatever, you let me know. I mean, it's, it's been fun, man. It's it's. I feel like I know you, but I I know that I don't know you know you yet. Like we haven't had these connections in person. But what I do know. Is that the next time I see you, I'm gonna be like, "What's up? You still circumcised?" And yeah. it's not gonna be weird. <laughs> yeah, and everybody around you will just be like, "The fuck?" I got. Yeah, we're gonna come in and like start with a handshake, and then when you nod your head, and yeah, we're gonna bring it in for that half hug. Yeah, yeah. It'll be everyone's be like, "Yo, they're really bonded. They really, they've been through things together." I'm inspired to write a circumcision joke. And there's one thing that I know notice with local comics that that I really like to see is some people will make jokes out of something that they were just ranting in their car during like making a story or something or a podcast or or a post and it's cool to kind of see somebody like uh first thing that came to my mind was this guy named jose Contreras. he was just like in his car ranting about vietnamese iced coffee and then like now it seems to be like a regular joke that he uses and it's like that's an organic natural joke i like to see that um, totally but it, there's also uh the challenge of that is recreating the moment and the passion like yeah sometimes yeah. things flow so well because you're it's you're fresh. passionate about it and you go up there and try to recite it as a joke and you're like yeah there's a lot more setup than necessary and i didn't even get my point across because trying to be funny yeah um well you can only learn so much about somebody in in an hour in 10 minutes like we've been doing so far and i like doing these podcasts with with other comics because it can be hard to socialize at open mics like i know you mentioned part of it is the hang a lot of the comics have kind of mentioned that but i I feel like one-on-one 
you, you learn a lot more, especially in an hour. And as opposed to like being at an open mic where it could, depending on where you're at, be possibly loud. And you're just like, it's like you're at a club with music, but not as bad. And you're like yelling into someone's ear. So whatever you say better fucking matter. You don't have time to be like, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Let me get back in your ear later. And um, Right. Well, there's also the politics aspect of it, too, where it's like you want to be a good time. You want to, like, be a good hang and easy to work with. And you don't really get the time to be vulnerable or talk about the bad things in your life or your shortcomings because you're just like, no, dude, every like, why are you bringing up sad shit? Like, we're having fun right yeah. now. You're at a comedy club. It feels like there's, like, pressure that everybody has to, like, say a one-liner or a punchline for it to be worth saying. Especially if you're somewhere, you get, like, multiple comics. You're not going to get a word in, you know? Or, totally. You know, everybody's talking. So, yeah, it's an honor, man. Thanks for reaching out. You, uh, you're you the only person who even hit me up about uh, being on the show. I think people – I think – I don't even know. You're the one that stuck out. And I was like, all right, we'll do it. Um, well, I think on top of that, too, it's just like I understand how hard podcasting is and like to be consistent, to keep things interesting, not waste people's time, technical, difficult. It's a fucking mission. Yeah, yeah. So it's like when you do it with someone else that understands that it, the flow is better. It's not like I'm. this is just my time to shine. It's, you know, it, I'd rather take the time to actually get to know, you know, each other. Yeah, man. I hope to see you soon in the future, and you know, hopefully you get circumcised. We'll have you back on, and we could. Yeah, dude, that's never gonna happen. But I will see you soon. (laughs) Yeah, I'll see you at the shot collar comedy or something. I don't know. I gotta make my way over there one day, or maybe we'll meet somewhere. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll cross paths here eventually. Uh, But yeah, dude, thanks for having me. It's been a bit of good conversation. I uh, I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Uh, Good luck tonight, and I will see you around, man. Stay safe. Have a good night. Thanks again. All right, man. Have a good night. Peace out. Later. All right. All right. I'm done. I'm done. Fuck that. Fuck it. Got some dishes to wash.